Hi there, welcome to Glenlyden Baptist Church's podcast network. We're glad you can join us today. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us on our website, www.gebc.org.nz. We hope you enjoy the pod. Well, team, thank you, worship team. Didn't they do well with their ears today? Didn't they sound great? Oh, you guys sound better and better every week, man. I said to them this morning when I came and they were practicing, I could just, uh, you know, I could hear them um, practicing. It just brought tears to my eyes, the sound and the, just the passion behind their singing and their love for God just it drew me to tears while they were doing that. And it's just, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, um, there is a lunch after this, by the way, um, a shared lunch. And uh, so stay around for that. And if you're a newcomer, then um, if, you, if you've been new to the church in the last sort of 12 to 18 months, then uh, yeah, this is for you, man. Come and enjoy. Come and enjoy. And thanks to all of those that are actually helping out there at the moment to put that together. So, um, so yeah, we're back into our series in Joshua. Let me get the clicker. Melissa, can you throw up my first slide, please? Cool. So while Sarah and I were away, we went to a, um, a quaint little town in a place called Cornwall on the west coast of England. This place was called Tintagel. Some of you know it. Tintagel actually has quite a history. They say that 1,500 years ago, Tintagel was a busier place than London City. And this was because all of the trading boats from the Mediterranean came into the harbour at Tintagel, carrying spices and food and pottery and clothing, and, and they would unload all the goods in that place. And, and so Tintagel became a bit of a trading space for people. But Tintagel has another historic legend that sits in the background, the remote romantic myth around King Arthur. Now, I'm going to show you, show you some of Tintagel here. Why? Here we go. So this is Tintagel today. Um, and so you've got, you've got a mainland where these people are standing right here. They're just coming off the mainland. And you can walk across to the headland out there. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. Oh, that's hot. Okay, that was me. There's a car. Yeah, Okay. That's me. So this is kind of um, this bridge you can see through to the ground, and I've talked to you about my healthy fear of heights. So I'm standing there looking happy, but inside I'm going, I'm about to die. <laughs> I couldn't get off the other side fast enough, to be fair. Um, so I just click. Thank you. Oh, am I going the wrong way? I want to go the other way. There we go. So that's the statue of King Arthur on the headland. Um, to uh, sort of covet that story. I'll tell you more about that in a second. Um, one more click. Oh, thank you, Melissa. And again, so these are the ruins of the village up on the headland. And again, Melissa, right, just hold it there. So Tintagel holds this mythical, romantic story of King Arthur. And, and when you look at the harbour from the headland, you look down into the water and you look to the side and you can see a massive cave. And this was Merlin's cave, they say. And this is where King Arthur was born. And today, as you look up on the other side of the headland, up on the other side of the coast of the, of the, um, of the harbour, there's a hotel up there called Camelot. It's really fascinating. 
So you've got all of this happening there. But Tintangel today is just a small, quaint little town, but it's famous for Tintangel Castle. So on the headland, you saw the ruins. On the headland, there were people who built um, village, a village up there and lived there. That, that, that was stupid, I reckon. I mean, we were there on the only fine day in English history. Otherwise, for 364 days, right, it's blowing, snowing, or whatever it's doing. But they built a village on this headland. It's completely exposed. Why you would do that, I don't know, but they did, and they lived there. And then there was the mainland. And between the headland and the mainland was not this beautiful bridge you saw today, but was a craggy kind of crevasse that you could walk across to get to the other side. And there was a guy called Richard, who was the Earl of Cornwall, who built the castle there. Now, he built a castle on the, on the mainland, but never visited the castle. And as I stood in the ruins of the castle, I could imagine, you know, you've seen it on TV, right? The big long tables, the jesters and the musicians in the background, sitting around the table eating chicken legs this big and chewing off the flesh off the bone, a pail of ale, and they're all there telling stories and building the myth of King Arthur. I could imagine that, the fun and the pageantry behind it all. And then as you walk over the bridge into this headland, you start to see the village and you start to imagine village life and what it might have been like for them. But there was this one place, this place. This is the chapel on the headland. It sits right on the cliff. There's massive cliffs all around this headland. It's this chapel right there. That's the nave, still visible. And I went and stood on the nave, and I thought about the story of this one man, the priest. The story is told of this priest that every single day, no matter what the weather, he would climb the mountain to the chapel. And he would go to the chapel and pray for the king. And so I thought of that story, and I stood on the nave, and I thought more about what this priest might have been doing. And I thought, I could imagine this priest in this small chapel. It's really small. It's no bigger than the stage. But I could imagine him in this chapel, ministering communion to people, reminding them thousands of years ago about how, how Christ's body and blood had been spilt and broken for them. I, I imagine the priest there preaching his heart out. To remind people that, that, that Christ is the only way. And I imagined his heart and his passion for it. I imagined how he would have stood there and he would have sung to his Lord and God. And every day he climbed the mountain to pray. And I, and I imagined, you know, that, like there was a rocky crevasse that he could walk across. That's all since collapsed. And that's why the village died. You know, you can't stand alone. <laughs> you can't stand alone. When, when, when the headland was cut off, the village died. And now it's all ruins. Now we have a bridge so we can go and see what it was like. But it died. But I imagine the priest coming from the mainland. Maybe it's a snowy day. It's cold and he's... He's walking and he's, he gets to the rocky crevasse and he's walking across the crevasse and he's looking at the mountain in front of him. And I imagine him going, I claim that mountain for you, Lord. I claim that mountain. 
I want everyone in that village to know who Jesus is. Lord, I claim that mountain. I want this mountain to be a light to this nation. I can imagine him walking across and claiming the mountain and standing on the promises that God had given him. I can imagine that. I don't know if it came true or not. But I could imagine this priest, this one person, every day, climbing that mountain. And so it is today that we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 14. And we meet this guy called Caleb. We met him once before, remember, in the book of Numbers. It was only a brief thing that we saw about him. Just a couple of lines. But here he is again, 45 years later. And we meet him again in Joshua chapter 14. He's now 85 years old. Let me read to you from Scripture. If you've got it, Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to read from verse 6 through to 14. This is what it says. This is um, what Caleb is saying. You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and about me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the promised land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, said Caleb, however, I followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me. He said, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since that time. He said this to Moses. Well, Israel moved out and about in the wilderness. And so here I am today, says Caleb. I'm 85 years old. But I'm still as strong today as the day that Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, give me this mountain that I, that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Analekites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. And then Joshua blessed Caleb, gave him Hebron as his inheritance. And so Hebron has belonged to Caleb ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. Caleb had been given a promise. The mountain was to be his. But the journey to claiming that mountain was a long one. It could have been easily forgotten over the years. Many of you have had promises from people that have either been followed through on or not or forgotten. Many of you have had promises from God that maybe have God has fulfilled already or maybe he has not. Maybe you're waiting. Maybe those promises that you have from God have begun to fade. And this is where I think 
our lives and the life of Caleb begin to intersect. If we were to sit in the local pub with Caleb having a glass of Coca-Cola and chatting about life, Caleb would go, you know, God promised me a mountain 40 years ago. And we could go, you know what? God promised me this just a few years ago as well. Caleb, I get it. I get it. We learned some significant lessons out of Joshua 14. Here's the first one. And... Oh, sorry. His confidence never ceased. Caleb's confidence never ceased. Verse 10, it says, Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. Well, Israel moved about in the desert, so here I am today, 85 years old. Can you hold that confidence in Christ for 45 years? You know, Numbers 13 and 14 We read the story of the spies, don't we? When they first come to the edge of the promised land and the spies are sent into the promised land to go have a look at it. And they come back with a report, the minority report, however, and the majority report, they contradict each other. The majority declared that the task was impossible. Yet Joshua and Caleb declared that it was Possible, and that they could and that they would, in the strength of God, be able to claim the land. But the people gave in. They caved into the majority report. And as a result, they never entered the land. It's easy to go with the crowd, isn't it? Huh? It's less hassle to go with the crowd. It's less dangerous to me and myself if I go with the crowd. And you know I can hide in the crowd, can't I? You know, my mum always used to say to me when I was doing stupid things, which was very often, she would say to me, see, she'd come up and she'd say, so, okay, Gary. She always call you Gary when you're in trouble. And if you've got Gary Grew, then you know you're really in trouble. But she'd say, if everyone's jumping off the bridge, you know where I'm going, would you jump off as well? No. (laughs) Caleb had a different heart to everyone else. Caleb believed God when he made a promise. And Caleb never, ever let it go. 45 years later, Caleb declared at the age of 85 that he was going to claim that mountain. And he was strong enough and he believed enough to be able to do it. His confidence never ceased. I think God needs men and women like that today. Retirees, empty nesters, new parents, young adults, teenagers, children. God needs us all, people who are bold in their faith, who believe the promises of God, who trust God, and will stand with the minority when the rest of the world is saying something different. The church needs that. God needs that. Our community needs that. Our world needs that. But 
The best way to stand that way is to remember what God has done in your life. Remember the story I told when the, the Israelites had come to the Jordan and they were about to move into the promised land and the ark went before them and the waters parted and the, and the Israelites went into the promised land before the battle of Jericho. And as they got through the other side of the river, they built a bunch of stones, which is still there to this day, as a memorial to what God has done so that they would remember and the next generation would remember what God had done in their lives. I wonder how many things you remember. How has God sustained you? What has he done in your life? How is he carrying you? Can you remember the things that God has done? Because when you do, it's those things that keep you strong. So after 40 years in the wilderness wandering, Caleb was still determined to place his confidence in God and in God's power to see him through. Can you say that today? Caleb's faith was in God and it was not shaken by circumstance. And nor should our faith in God be shaken by the circumstances in our world as well. Caleb's strength never failed. Verse 11, I'm still as strong today, says Caleb, as the day Moses sent me out. Caleb had endured the difficult days of the desert, and these days served to only make him stronger. I'm really comforted by the words in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, where it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It's the complete opposite of what we normally think, right? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You see, difficult times can serve to strengthen us in this journey. It's a matter of where is your trust at? When we persevere, we lose fear. Because we know and have noticed God's sustaining power through those times. And you know, when we, when we know God's sustaining power like that, and when we walk through those difficult times, it has an effect on those around us, doesn't it? It has an effect on your family, your children. It really does. I remember um, I ran a conference in Fiji. It was my heart to empower young people to be leaders in Fiji so that they could help young people. In Fiji, like in Suva, you go to Suva on a Friday night or a Saturday night, it's full of young people just drifting the streets. And you go, my heart was, how could these people come to faith? How could these young people come to faith? So we held a conference in Latoka. At an AOG church that has seating for 5,000 people. Can you believe it? I never walked into a church that big before. A seating for 5,000 people. So we held a conference at this church. Invited a whole bunch of young people to come so we could train them in leadership. And I brought in speakers from all over the globe. The best youth speakers that I could find that I knew. And we brought them into Fiji as part of this conference. And I remember it was my turn to speak. I was doing the opening speak on the Friday night. 
And I remember an hour before I got up to speak, I was in the foyer behind the desk in a dark corner, cowering with fear. I was cowering with fear. The enemy had somehow got into my head. And I was cowering in fear and going, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I rang my wife. I needed the voice of that Holy Spirit. So I rang my wife. She encouraged me on the phone. And then God reminded me what he'd done in my life. How he brought me to faith. The things that I'd had the privilege to walk with God on to see other young people come to faith in this country. And so as I remembered those things, I was able to stand in confidence and walk into that place and share what God had laid on my heart. And kids came to faith that night. Kids came to faith that night. You see, in God, your strength never fails. In God, your strength never fails. Hmm. I love this. You know, Numbers 14:9, Caleb, as he stood against the majority, he said this to them all. He said, do not rebel against the God. Don't rebel. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we're going to devour them. Their protection is gone. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. You know, that phrase, we will not devour them, literally means they are like bread. They're like bread, which means we're going to eat them up. It's that kind of talk, that kind of confidence in God, where we can say, come on, God is with us. We can do it. Get your boots on and let's get to work. We have a big God, amen? Here's the next thing. His God... Caleb's God, our God, never forgot. Verse 13, And Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. Because of his willingness to take the long journey, Caleb's faith, Caleb's hope, Caleb's perseverance, it poured out into the lives of those around him, into his family and the descendants that were yet to come. When we face mountains in our lives, and when we claim those mountains, our lives become a blessing to others. You know, if you're not there already, you might not be young enough to think this way, but when you're getting older, you think, what am I leaving behind? What's the legacy that I leave behind? And when I think of that, the legacy I want to leave behind is that my kids will trust God that they will walk with him in faith and endure the hardships of life because they will come. But they will come because, and they will get through because of their faith in God. That's the legacy I want to leave behind. So as I face the mountains of life, as I walk through those things, then I want that to be an encouragement to my family. I want it to be an encouragement to you. I want it to be an encouragement to all others. Isn't this what Jesus did? When he walked up the mountain to bring all of us into victory in him. When he suffered and died on the cross. 
and he rose again, and he has a gift of life that is freely offered to each and every one of us who would call on him. To me, that's the power to climb the mountain. Look at what God said about Caleb. He said, my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. If God goes with you, how can you lose? It's the whole point. We believe in God when others don't. We can't lose. God's with us. We believe in God when others don't. And we should give Caleb credit, actually, in this situation. When the whole nation gave in to fear, he stood on God's promise. And now, he's 45 years later, he's an old man, way past retirement, but someone forgot to tell him he was too old. Doreen, you warm my heart, girl. Where are you? There you are. That's going to the top of Doreen's greatest hits, that one today. That was beautiful. Thank you. But I know. And he does. You know, but what I recognize, and you're not the only one who does this, because I know there are others too. Um, that do this. But I know that you're at home praying. I know you're doing that. You might not be able to get on your knees, but in your heart, you're on your knees, Doreen. And you pray for this church. You pray for people here. I know others are doing that too. Um, you haven't retired. You're still doing what God wants you to do. Caleb said, I want to climb that mountain. That mountain belongs to God's people. And he intended to take it back. At an age when most had given up, Caleb was just getting started. If you're not dead, you're not done. Please do not come to me at some stage and say, I'm not going to help out with the children's thing. I did that 40 years ago. I'm not going to do that anymore. I've done my bit. It's time for someone else. Don't ever do that. Do what God asked you to do. God has work for this church. We need to do it. It's not over. It's not over. He hasn't come back yet. We're waiting for him to come back, but he hasn't. And we've got work to do, and we need to be about it. Six times in the book of Numbers... And in Joshua, we are told that Caleb wholeheartedly followed the Lord. You know, I think Caleb was a simple man. Can't wait to meet this guy one day. He believed God. He remembers his promises. And in his old age, he was ready to claim what God had promised him. Friends, let's claim our families for Christ. Let's claim this community for Christ. Let's claim this world for Christ. This place is a mess. Man, it needs God. Caleb didn't let anything distract him from doing the will of God. And we need that spirit here today. Don't be afraid to stand up for what God's called you to do. Don't worry about what others will think. 
If we're going to claim these mountains in our lives, then we need to say we have the promise of God. So let's get ready to rumble, eh? <laughs> I, I want to read a poem to you that I, I, I saw this week that I, I picked up online. I don't know who wrote it, but here it is. He stood before Joshua with, with flashing eyes. Give me this mountain before I die. But Caleb, you're old and the mountain is high. Choose a peaceful spot on this plain to die. The people who live on the mountain are strong. The battle you fight will be bloody and long. And as for the people being mighty and tall, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. His eyes never wavered as he spoke without fear. I've been promised this mountain for 45 years. And as for the people being mighty and tall, the bigger they are, the harder. For it's not my strength on which I'm counting, for the Lord is going to give me that mountain. So let's quit talking while it's still light, for the Lord and I have a battle to fight. Let's resolve together today, shall we? To never release God's promises from our lives. To never retire from serving our Lord. And thank you, Doreen, to never retreat from the enemy. Let's keep going for Jesus with all the strength that God gives us. Let's pray together. Thanks again for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more information on the church or reach out to one of the pastors, please visit our website, www.gebc.org. Hope you have a great day.